0: You're listening to Creatives Making Money, the podcast for creatives who are on a mission to do the work they feel most called to do and make some money while they do it. This is a show for the makers, the dreamers, the doers, the creators, the artists, the crazy ones, and the ones who are determined to consciously build the life and career of their dreams. Here, we don't just believe in getting your dream job, we believe in creating it. So what does creative success even look like? How do we live a fully expressed, abundant AF life? That's precisely what we're here to find out. My mission with Creatives Making Money is to conduct 100 interviews with successful creatives and those who love and support them about money, career, and the process of making and doing what they most love, including all of the ups, downs, and in-betweens. I'm your host, Jamie Jensen, writer, storyteller, filmmaker, serial entrepreneur, and shameless creator. No matter where you are in your creative and financial journey, I'm here to help you create like you mean it. Welcome to Creatives Making Money. Today, I have with me a guest who is returning for a second episode, my good friend, Rebecca Tracy. Rebecca is the head honcho at The Uncaged Life, where she works with online business owners to get clear on their brand message, create packages that sell, and helps them learn what it actually takes to get and keep clients in this crazy online world, all while working home with no pants on. Rebecca runs a free online community of over 14,000 solopreneurs. She started her business while living in a van and now lives in her dream town of Squamish, BC, surrounded by mountains, where she is truly living her uncaged life.
1: Hi, Becca. Hi. (laughs) So fun to be back.
0: (laughs) I'm so excited that you're back because I can never get enough of you. Um, For those of you who don't know, Becca and I have known each other ever since I started my business. A long ago. Yep. She was the first coach I ever hired the first coaching program I ever took. And it's really Becca who taught me how to start a business from
1: home. And we're going to get into a lot of that today. Yeah, I mean, everyone's working from home these days, so mm-hmm. <laughs> a hot time. We were we were doing this before the pandemic required us to, uh, but it's yeah. been super interesting to just see <laughs> everyone transition to all of a sudden having online businesses, whether they wanted it or not.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I almost feel ashamed that I'm wearing hard pants today. Oh. <laughs> As I was reading your bio, I'm like, I'm wearing jeans. Why did I make that decision? <laughs> oh my god! Since moving to the mountains, I have not put jeans on. Since I moved here. I've I've actually started selling off all of my regular clothes. (laughs) I was like, I'm bring a few clothes just in case. And now I'm like, I'm never gonna wear these. Get rid of all of these, more yoga (laughs) pants. (laughs) Yeah. Like you just don't need it here. That's the true dream. So
0: your business has evolved quite a bit. Like it has and it hasn't, right? I feel like it's been (laughs) consistent with the program and like how you help people for a really long period of time. I feel like that initial stage, you know, was a little bit like the figuring it out stage was it yeah. a critical stage for you. But even since then it's evolved quite a bit. So can you speak to sort of like the beginning challenges and versus like the evolution that you've kind of experienced and been through over over like the last seven to ten years?
1: Yeah. So starting my business, so I started as more of a life coach than I I guess what you would call is now, what do I do now? Business coaching? (laughs) I sort of, I don't know, business and marketing, but I started more as a life coach um, working with business owners. And so that in itself was a transition and kind of like a mindset thing that I had to get around was actually making that shift in like my niche and sort of owning what I do. Um, And the first few years, that would have been when I met you is during those first few years was really spent just experimenting. It was just like, what's going to work. And I think in the first year I ran like 14 different programs. I had one-on-ones. I did a group thing. I had a mastermind. I tried a membership. I tried an online course. Many of them failed, (laughs) failed, you know, in quotations, like didn't work that well, but I learned a lot. Um, and so, and I think that's pretty normal when people start, it's like you have to just try a whole bunch of different things to see what's going to stick and see what's going to feel good. And now I just sell one thing. And so that's been kind of a transition that took several years to kind of get through. Um, and and again, a lot of fears around like, do I let go of all these other things that I was doing? And what if this one thing doesn't work? And you know, all that stuff. So I think it's just a constant, um, for me, it's been constantly like checking in with myself of like, does this feel good? Is this working? Okay, what do I have to switch? And it has like slowly now that was 11 years ago <laughs> that I started, which is crazy. Or 11 years ago, nine years ago, 2011. Um, it feels now like, you know, the programs are stable and now there's whole different challenges than when you're first starting out. What do you feel like the difference in challenges are? Now the challenges are hiring a team. That has been the hardest, biggest challenge <laughs> that I have experienced. Um, yeah, hiring a team, having, having a lot of expenses um, you know, as your business grows, your expenses grow and just getting your mindset around that and realizing like, oh, that, you know, we can grow this much, but it's going to cost this much to maintain that. And, and just me getting my head around, is that the kind of business I want to run? Like how, you know, um, has been a big challenge now. Whereas at first it was just like, I just need to make money and get clients and learn tech stuff. And, you know, all the sort of do it yourself challenges.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. It's interesting because I feel like that that piece, it's it's I'm glad that you're underlining that because I think that it can follow us around like the entire time of running a business is like consistently asking yourself, "Is what I've created the business I really want? And like, yeah, is you that had that business I really want. I mean, I've been through that as you guys know.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've been pretty good about making sure it is the business that I want, and the biggest hurdle for me was definitely. Hiring more than just one person on my team, because I got really scared of like, well, what if I want to just fuck off for a year? What if I don't want to run the program? What if I want to whatever? And what I've learned is that that's why I need a team. (laughs) So my business can keep running without me having to do all the things. Um, so I really had to get my mindset around, around that piece. I definitely don't want a team that has like 12 full-time team members that I'm paying salaries for. But I mean, my team is like three people. It's not like it's that huge or anything, <laughs> but it's still a scary jump to be like, oh, I have to pay someone's full-time salary. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you mind sharing? Cause I feel like this is a very, it's a core
0: value for you that you really embody. Like you walk your talk in terms of you built a business so that you could, have the freedom and flexibility and take seasons off and like kind of live the life you really want to live. And I think a lot of people start businesses and don't do that. Like they say, <laughs> yeah, they say they wanna have freedom or they say they wanna have flexibility or they say that they're like there's certain values or visions or dreams that they're creating their business for, but they don't always live up to, you know, in actuality and execution. They don't truly live up to what they
1: say was important to them. Yeah. Well, I cause once you start a, a business, you're like, holy shit, there's so much to do. Yeah. And so I will say for the first, probably two years of my business, the first year is a bit of a write-off cause I started the business while I was on a year long road trip and I was living in a van. And so I really truly was like living the uncaged life, but I was also not making a lot of money. I was just getting started. So the two years after that, um, I will say that I worked more than I've ever worked. I mean, I was working probably like 60 hours a week. I was, I was doing everything myself. And so at the beginning, it did not feel super encaged, but I knew that once things got rolling, I would be able to move back more into that lifestyle. So now, um, yeah, I've really prioritized lifestyle. And so the way that I've done that is been able to take the program that I run and launch it only a couple times a year. And then in between for a while, I actually didn't even sell anything in between. (laughs) Now we have a self-study program. Um, but I've been able to sort of work my business seasonally. So I'll have a really intense launch time leading up to launch and then running the program. And then I'll sort of be off for like four months and off meaning truly. Like I really didn't do any work this summer (laughs) at all. Um, of course I have 11 or I keep saying 11, nine years of business behind me and things, you know, referrals and things kind of work, you know, they work themselves now, um, I wouldn't probably be able to take that much time off if I was brand new, but it's been important to me to be able to have that lifestyle. I'm not someone who works out, who wants to work all the time. I love my clients. I love our students when we work with them, but in like short bursts of time, you know, it's like we get in, we're super intense. And then I like need some, some breathing room and some time to go live that uncaged life.
0: Yeah. I, and like, that's what you're helping them do. You know what I mean? I feel like you really, like, it really is like, these are the values. This is what I stand for. This is what's possible for you. Like come start your business and let's make this real for you. Well, too. yeah. And you what know? I do
1: right from the beginning, cause a lot of the people who come to my program have been like trying a lot of things and they're spending so much time doing things that aren't really making a difference. Like they're, they're spending all this time, like sourcing images to post on Instagram or making like quotes and memes and like obsessing over, like just all of these things that don't actually help their business. And so they're overwhelmed and they're overworked, but they're like not actually doing the things that are going to help them make money. Um, I really like to keep things super simple. I don't do a lot of like, I don't know, any new fancy apps or bots or whatever. Like I just don't do any of that stuff. Um, And so usually they come in and I'm like, okay, stop 90% of what you're doing. Like it's just not necessary. Uh, And I kind of keep that, um, keep that value throughout everything I teach is like, just keep it really simple. Like, I think people like to make it complicated. I mean, it is complicated. There's so many differing opinions and thoughts on what works and what tech you should be using and this and that. And I like to just strip it all away and keep it really simple because you don't need any of that stuff.
0: Yeah. What else do you think you, what else do you see people typically getting wrong when they're just getting started with their business?
1: Um, Yeah. So spending a lot of time, like Trying to curate posts for social media when like no one's seeing these posts is just not a good strategy. Um, worrying about things like branding and logo, like obsessing over getting a logo and a business card and a font, colors in their website, like it's that's a huge waste of time, um, and it just doesn't bring you any more money or any more clients. <laughs> you can do all that stuff when you have money to like put into branding, but it's not the thing that's actually going to make a difference when you're just getting started. Um, And then trying to use tactics that are too far ahead for where they're at is really common. So people will jump in and they're, um, you know, they're like, I'm going to make an online course, but they haven't ever actually like done the thing. Like they're a new coach, let's say, and they're like, I'm going to make a life coaching course, but they've never actually coached anyone Um, or trying to like run Facebook ads before they've even validated their offer organically. So just jumping into like all the stuff that the experts say are good things to do, but at the wrong stage of their business.
0: Mhm. What do you think what do you think really so <laughs> I hear that and I'm like it's so interesting you know what I think about subconsciously is like I wonder if they're afraid of actually getting clients. You know what I mean? And I don't know why that just came to mind, but I'm right. like is that a thing and I don't know if that's a mindset thing you see come up, you know, I,
1: Yeah. So I had this experience when I was a newer coach and I was coaching around a couple different topics when I first started and Some of it, I guess, so let's, I wasn't super clear on what I was offering. Let's put that way. And so I'd be getting into consults with people. And because I hadn't worked with enough people, um, I'd be nervous on those consults. I was kind of hoping that they would say no. Like if somebody actually said yes, and they were like, yep, I want to join. How do I pay? I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. And I was (laughs) freaking out. And so and what changed that was when I really niched in and I, cause I was kind of offering like a couple different types of coaching in different areas and I wasn't really solid on any of them. And some of them I didn't even really necessarily want to be doing, um, but I kind of felt like I had to. And once I really got clear about the thing I wanted to do and what I wanted to offer and I was kind of stripped away all the stuff that like, wasn't feeling so great. It was way more exciting when I had these consults and I actually could like feel good about telling people like, yes, I can help you. And so I think that is common. I think a lot of people start and they're just not really totally clear on what they're offering and what their idea is. And so when somebody gets on the phone with them and they're like, yeah, sure, I wanna do this. They're like, holy shit, I actually have to help this person. <laughs> and it's, and the, you know, the confidence isn't there. And so I, I get why it's easier to spend time like posting on social media and doing things that you think are growing your business um to stay away from actually having to work with clients because it's that's the scary part, right? Anyone can sit and post all day on Instagram, but once you have to get on the phone with someone and like help them, if you're new to whatever service you're offering, it's scary. Mm -hmm. Super scary. What else and the thing that will grow your business fastest is working with clients. Yeah. What else do you think gets in the way of people getting clients? Um, just a lot of wasted time on stuff that doesn't matter as we talked about, which then leads to burnout. And I think that's actually the biggest thing. It's like, you can only do so much with no results before you're like, this isn't working. And I think people give up too early. Um, or, you know, I've seen, I've seen people who are working at this for two years and they're like, it's not working. And I look at what they're doing and like, none of it is really effective strategies. It's kind of all this like behind the scenes and working on their logo and their website, but they're not actually putting themselves out there. Um, So yeah, taking too long slash not giving it long enough, (laughs) taking too long doing the wrong things, not giving it long enough. Um, And what gets in the way of people getting clients? Um, Not knowing how to put themselves out there and actually get visible. Like I think there's a lot of like posting on your Facebook page with your current Friends, right? And telling them about your business, and they're all like, oh, that's so amazing. It's so great. But then none of them buy your services, usually. (laughs) And so thinking that we're like putting ourselves out there, but not actually like putting ourselves in front of the right audiences who would actually buy our stuff is something I see a lot from new folks. And it's awesome that people are like telling their friends and family, and that's like a great strategy to just build a referral system. But you got to be doing it in places where your actual people who would pay you (laughs) are hanging out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm curious. So, okay. For someone who's like
0: listening and overwhelmed, you know, if mm-hmm. there was like one thing you would tell them to do differently, like you want to start a business or you've been, you've started a business. You're not really seeing the client flow you want to see yet. What's like one thing that you would tell them to to change your approach differently?
1: Um, well, you know what I teach. So my, from, from my <laughs> lens it's always um so i usually look at two things if somebody comes to me and they're like i'm doing all these things and i don't get clients i usually look at what they're actually selling like how clear is it is your is your niche clear is the problem that you're solving clear are you talking about it in a way that people actually understand um because often they're not right and this is you know i work with a lot of like coaches and healers and people who do work that's not always like the most clearly defined it's not like i build websites right people know what that is Um, When you start to explain life coaching or Reiki or anything else that's not just a really clear service, often people aren't describing it very well and they're using all kinds of jargon and coachy words and language that their clients aren't using. And so they could be doing all the right things for marketing, but their messaging is totally missing the mark. The people who are reading it are like, you know, they might like the meme on Instagram and be like, oh, that sounds nice. But they're not like forking over money for it because they don't recognize themselves in what the person's offering. So I would always step back and look at the clarity in what they're offering. And if that's super, super clear, then I would look at what they're actually doing to put themselves in front of the right people. Because usually they're not doing enough. Usually they're like, I posted on Instagram twice and Facebook once and didn't get clients. And I'm like, yeah, duh. (laughs) Making sure that they're actually doing things to get in front of where their actual clients are, Um, which is the scary part, right? Like getting off of just posting on your own Facebook and starting to pitch yourself for, Podcasts like this, or like guest spots in somebody else's Facebook group, like actually getting in front of groups of people where your your people are already hanging out.
0: Mm-hmm. What's what do you think is like the biggest mistake people make in terms of their messaging? And I feel like we've touched on this, but. Yeah. <laughs> question, and like, if you need a, a different, if you need me to ask that a different way, let me know. Yeah,
1: um, I mean, ask yeah, ask it a different way because yeah, so the same question I'm thinking. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so what I'm what I'm wondering, what I'm wanting to pull out for anyone listening who's also like, I need Rebecca Tracy in my life, and like, how can I work with her? I'm curious, what would be like a first step to getting someone clearer on like the values and the messaging for their brand and business that will actually help them get clients.
1: I mean, the biggest thing we, I think when we say messaging, I don't even know what that means. Like it's, it's such a thing in business, right? Like we have to have a core message or how my business has to stand for something. But then there's also this side of like talking about what you do and like clearly articulating what you do. So messaging to me is kind of like all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, the biggest the biggest thing, if we're just talking about, like, making sure that what you're putting out there is clear to people, um, is the language. It's just looking at, like, the language that you're using to describe it. And the quickest thing you can ask yourself, so what I usually do with my clients, and you've probably seen me do this, is have them actually write out their pitch, right? So, like, if, if you meet someone at a party or whatever and they ask you what you do, like, what's your, like, one-liner pitch or whatever, um, and then to go through that, like literally word by word and ask yourself, do my clients actually say this? Um, I had somebody in my Facebook group just today who posted their pitch and wanted feedback. And she said something like, I help entrepreneurs, um, uh, what, is, what was it? Uh, like market with authority. And I was like, okay, do they, is your person sitting at home going, you know what I really need help with is just to learn how to market with authority right? They're probably not saying that. (laughs) They're probably saying, they probably mean that, but they probably are saying something totally different. And so if you really break down every single word that you use and look at, is this actually what my people are sitting at home, you know, thinking about at night, bitching to their friends about like Googling, you'll probably find that most of what you're saying is not, does not actually line up with what they're saying. And so that's like the, the Biggest kind of quick change that you can make because that has ripple effects, right? Whether it's your pitch at a party or whether it's a Facebook post that you put out or whether it's a blog post um, or like the title of your webinar, everything that you do depends on making sure that that language is right. Uh, And it's something most people miss when they're starting because we're so caught up in our own industry that it's like we just talk about things the way that we've always been talking about them, um, which doesn't always line up with what our clients are actually searching for and Googling and like wanting to give money towards. Right. So like
0: marketing with authority could mean like owning your value so people actually pay you <laughs> or
1: something. Yeah, or just I like, know. you know, like um <laughs> like so that so marketing with authority could mean, you know, maybe the clients are worried that like they're not credible enough. And so they want to know how to like be seen as an expert or be seen as credible Mm -hmm. or have people trust them. Right. Like just who knows, it could be any different things, but that's why this market research bit is so important. It's like, what does that actually mean? Like go out and ask people, if I tell, if I say to you, you know, you want to market with authority, what does that mean to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a like simple, easy thing. I mean, you did a lot of copywriting for a long time. (laughs) So (laughs) you know about the value of that language and like the difference that it can make. Mm-hmm. it makes such a difference it makes a difference in the confidence you're able
0: to put yourself out there it makes difference in like the how effective it is um all of it makes a difference it yeah it's huge um what's your favorite thing about running um <laughs> running on kids <K2> 2 business
1: <laughs> <laughs> um so the the program now runs as a self-study and then twice a year it's live and my so one of my favorite things about running it live is working with a co coach, Erin Foley, who is our mindset coach. And since I brought her on, it has been like night and day in terms of just even my own confidence in running the program, but like our students' results, just like how much fun it is. It's just so much better to have like somebody else there, it's amazing. So, just getting to work with Erin for like the whole month is great. Um, and then just seeing like these tiny little aha moments in people where they're like, you know, we've had students who have been trying their business for like two or three years. And this is like their last straw. And just seeing those moments where they're like, oh my God, this is why that thing hasn't worked for all those years. Or this is like that one little tweak I need to make. And then they go out and do it. And then they're like, oh my God, it worked. And I got a client. And oh, you know, like just as little, it's like small, it's my, our program is small wins, right? Nobody's leaving the program going, I made a hundred thousand dollars. Like people are getting their first client they're finally able to tell people what they do and people like get it. You know, they're like, oh my God, I didn't get blank stares. Like I actually got like people who were interested. So those little wins where it starts to kind of all click is super, super fun to watch.
0: Mm -hmm. And like setting up the foundations that will then avalanche into more success later. It's kind of like figuring out that thing that was not clicking and wasn't working and like it's like going for a massage, like a business massage and like working out all this stuff that wasn't, wasn't clicking. So you can like, then go and be like, have it work and function. Yeah. And just seeing people
1: realize like, oh my gosh, I was like, just seeing them get the things that they have to do now that will actually work. And like, let go of all the things they've been wasting time on. Cause that's the hardest adjustment for people. I think is when they come in, we're like, okay, get rid of all the stuff you've been doing and get back to basics. And people are like, I don't want to, I'm like, you know, I want to make a webinar and I want to do it. And they have all these things. And I'm like, cool, stop doing all of that for five weeks. And then at the end, they're like, Oh my God, I don't even need to do those things. Like what was I thinking? So just seeing like them really get and understand what has to happen for them to get clients and build a business is really cool. That's so awesome. Um, It's time for the $5 million question, Becca. (laughs) I know. I don't remember this one from last time.
0: (laughs) And so the question is, if you had $5 million just magically drop in your lap, there's no strings attached. There's no anyone you have to pay back. Like it's just yours to do whatever you want to do with the money. What would you do with the money?
1: Do I get taxed on it? No, it's just $5 million, just $5 million tax free, free okay. whatever That's you want to part. do. <laughs> um, yeah, I forgot about this question. I wonder if I'll say the same thing. I don't remember what I said last time. Did you ask this last time? Yeah.
0: I ask it every episode. So unless I somehow forgot,
1: <laughs> I, I would have did. asked it. <laughs> okay. Well, since I'm in, like, I just moved and I'm like, in kind of minor house renovation situation here, like very small things, I would probably just like completely ditch this place and go and buy like my perfect dream home now that I live in the town that I know I want to like live in. Um, That would be probably step one, sort out my living situation. Not that it's not sorted out, but just, you know, huge upgrade. Um, And then I would, I really, I didn't grow up with a ton of money. And so I'd love to make sure that like, the rest of my family is just like debt free. I'd probably make sure my brother's house is paid off and put a big chunk away for my nephews. They're kind of the only like young, younger ones in my family so that they have some money when they get older. Um, and then I'd probably have a couple million left, eh? So, <laughs> so after that, I don't know. I think I would, there's definitely like, uh, I grew up with a mother with mental illness and she was always on disability. And so I have a real soft spot for like moms who just like are struggling. And so I'd probably just do a bunch of research and see like where, what kind of cause I could give some of that, some of those millions to, to to help. But I don't know yet. I actually don't have, I don't have like a specific like charity or anything that I give to now that I would just give more to. So I'd probably spend a lot of time researching. Um, and then I'd probably just invest some of it so I could just keep making more millions. <laughs> I would go a, up in a bunch of different places. <laughs> I love that answer. It feels like the like a really smart, caring. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, well, I need to give some away because that's important to me. But also, like, I want a nice house, uh, and also my family, Mm -hmm. and then also be smart with it. So, yeah, (laughs) I love that. So, where can where
0: can where is the best place to stalk you? Learn more about uncaged your business. Find find all the things about the uncaged life. So that anyone who's listening, who's like, I want the freedom and. flexibility of building a business that gives you that? And how can I learn more about (laughs)
1: getting this shit working? (laughs) Yes. Well, um, the Facebook group is always a great place. Um, it's called uncaged lifers and anyone's welcome to join. We just don't let you promote or pitch in there. So it's all just a place to network, meet other people, ask questions. There's a lot of new business owners in there asking all the questions. So you can come and just read the posts or you can ask all your questions. Um, yeah. And then all the info for everything's always on the website too. So youngcagelife.com. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Becca. Thanks, Jamie Denson.
0: <laughs> are you a talented writer who's aching to hit that six-figure mark with a copywriting business? Because if so, I've got good news for you. Doors are now open for a special case study round of my program, Create Your Six-Figure Copywriting Business. In it, you'll learn and implement the agency-style approach that had me hitting five-figure months just three months after going full-time in my business. Let me show you how to make the most money possible as a writer for hire because you know you're that good and a few tweaks to your business will allow that value to finally show up in your bank account. If this is you, I am not kidding, go to my Instagram right now at jamie Jensen and send me a DM that says six figures and I'll send you all the details. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Creators Making Money, and please don't go anywhere without subscribing. My hope is that the show becomes the therapy you didn't have to pay for and gives you all the know-how, confidence, and ahas you need to succeed on your journey. Sharing how you connected with this episode really makes my day, so please tag me on Instagram at Jamie Lynn Jensen and let me know how this episode helped you. Sharing that with a rating and review also helps me reach more awesome humans like you, and I so appreciate it. If you're looking to connect with more listeners and like-minded creatives like you as well, and also with me, please join us in the private Creatives Making Money Facebook group at creativesmakingmoney.com group. It's totally free to join. And as always, you can find all important links and details in this episode's show notes available at creativesmakingmoney.com. Do not hesitate to head over there right now and grab all the goodies. And as always, create like you mean it.